Welcome again to another session of the Potter's Gate Online Broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips Akintola. This is the Potter's Gate. This is a community of kingdom resource. This is a place where we teach, we train, we build, and we empower the body of Christ to grow and to mature into their various ordained purpose and objective in Christ. This is a ministry that is very empowered in terms of prophetic resource. We want to be able to give to us the directions of the transformation and the empowering of the church until we see an emerging of a company of people who have been empowered by the Spirit to do that which heaven has ordained them to do without reservation or the lack of resource. So the drive of this ministry is to continue to resource the church, the body of Christ, empower both young and old, you know, the veterans and those who are just beginning in regards to the heart of God, the mind of God, for that which, you know, has been ordained. Thank you so much for joining for that which has been ordained for this new day. So this is a ministry that heaven has designed and ordained to continue to resource the body of Christ, to continue to empower the body of Christ, to continue to strengthen you know, our journey in terms of understanding where we are in our walk with God and where the Spirit of the Lord is bringing us into in regards to the new directions and the, the, the new operating systems of, you know, of the church. Because I believe without any shadow of doubt that if we can get the church back in alignment to God's eternal prophetic design, we can begin to get the nation stream towards that place where they can say, oh, we're going up to the house, to the mountain of the Lord's house. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, my sister, for joining. So what is driving me, what is pushing me to continue in terms of, you know, looking into these trainings, into these uh, uh, um, teachings is to be able to at least give the church enough resource, resource in, in terms of, you know, the values, the, 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 the principles, the process, and, the, and redefine, if you will, how the church ought to be, ought to look, so that we are not confused about what is happening out there. The Bible says there are all kinds of voices that are speaking, and none of these voices are without significance. So we've got to be able to track and understand the emphasis of God for our life, because church is not just about where we go. It's not just about the community that we belong or where we fellowship. Church is about the structure of our life. Church is about the, the value system that defines who we are. Church is about, you know, how we see life. It's about, you know, the viewpoint, our view to life. Church is about coming to understand, all right, who we are in Christ and what Christ is in us and through us. Church is about how we represent, you know, our community, our society, all right? Church is about how we have come to position ourselves in terms of fulfilling that which heaven has committed into our hands without any form of hindrance or reservation. Church is about identifying our place, our core, you know, and our mandate. It's about empowering, amen, our lives. But beyond that, it's about representing Christ to society. So it's important that we continue to emphasize and relay that which defines the church. That in this day, we cannot afford to be, you know, short-sighted. We cannot afford to be ignorant. We cannot afford to be blind. We cannot afford to be partial in our, in, our, in our engagement about the things of the Spirit. So it's important that we continue to have this engagement of defining and redefining and identifying our place and who we are in Christ. Because at the end of the day, that is really what matters. Because we like it or not, no matter what we know, no matter what we thought we have been, we've been taught or given or received, we will be, we will be tried, we will be tested, we will be challenged, and there are all kinds of powers that are are being awakened in this in this new day, all right, that are challenging the, the the positions and the structures that we have in Christ. There are all kinds of spirits out there today that have 
you know, redefine themselves, you know, into even what we call church, into what we call ministry. That it is so important that we are very, very, you know, shrewd in terms of how we walk and how we represent the intentions of God in this new day. That we are not that we are not hindered, we are not we are not blind, that we are not, you know, stop in any form by any means. All right, that we are we are empowered to a such a level that we can advance and fulfill that which Christ, Amen, has ordained our life for. That in days like this where people are running here and there and are confused. Some people have gone to church today but still don't understand why. Because nothing really has resonates in their spirit in terms of what God is doing in their life. Where they can actually say, indeed I have learned something. I have been increased. I have been empowered. I have been edified. So we cannot continue to just, you know, you know just go through the motions. The days where we go through motions are over. It's a day of spiritual engagement. It's a day of spiritual maturity. It's a day where we must come of age. We cannot continue, amen, to remain as, 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 as babes, as children, under tutors. We don't even know what they're teaching. It's, this is the time for us to really begin to sit and find, amen, the, 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 the directions and the speakings of God that will mature us, that will nurture us, and that will empower us to become indeed a voice in the earth. So this, these are some of the things that I feel the Spirit of the Lord all right, is speaking and is, is emphasizing, all right, like I said, you know, in, in the first uh, uh, sessions that, we, that I did this, just this afternoon, that when we talk about the concept of, you know, the doctrine of the church, and the fellowship of the saints. I mean, we've got to we've got to have a complete reorientation of how we live life, how we see life, how we define church. We've got to go back to the word of God. The word of God once again must become our blueprint. The word of God must become amen. The direction. The word of God must become amen. The map. The word of God must become the GPS leading us to the place amen that we've never been before. We cannot live our life defined by the old, all right, and, and, and get satisfied, all right, by just little things that we, we have come to believe and the tradition we have come to accept, all right, and the motions that we have come to love. We've got to break away from everything and anything that does not look like, amen, the values and the intentions of God for our life. This is a day where we've got to come of age, is a day of maturity. The nations are ranging. Things are happening left, right, here and center. I mean, you see what is going on in South Africa and the rest of the world. This is a day for the church to be awakened. I mean, in a day where we begin to see amen, the, the, the chief justice of a nation begin to lead a spiritual reform. I mean, it's a day where we need to begin to pick what the Spirit of God is saying. That, hey, this is not a time to be weak. This is not a time to go high. This is not a time to play church. Because the destiny of this generation depends on what we do now. So I'm saying all this. I'm emphasizing this as the Spirit of the Lord continue to, you know, you know awaken my heart. That I will continue to blow this trumpet. That I will continue to sound this alarm. To the point where, amen, everybody will be able to say they heard. So that nobody will, will say on that day, sorry, uh, well, I, ne- I was never given a chance. But they said, but we sent Isaiah to you. Isaiah kept talking about these things. W- what happened? Did you, did you hear the word? Did you receive the word? Or you just shunned what you have heard? So every one of us must take responsibility because a day is going to come. We are going to be we're going to we're going to be called upon to give an account of this moment of the things the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. We cannot afford to whom much is given, much is expected. We can no longer live our life in the you know in, in the in the excuse of the past. Well, I was never taught. Yes, we recognize that people were never taught these things. We recognize that people were never you know you know uh, uh, given the opportunity to learn some of these things, and that's why I'm going back to some of these things, fr- friends. The reason why we're dealing with some of the things that we're talking about is because I have personally come to recognize, talking about the context of South African church, I've come to realize that a lot of things were never taught. And maybe those things were taught, but people really never gave attention to them. But there's no way we can move from where we are to the next realities of God, to the next place that God wants us to be if these things are not entrenched in our life. We've got to be a people that are growing, amen, from the principles of step by step, principle upon principle, line upon line, a little here, a little there. 
That's why we've got to come to a point where we are redefining. We're redefining our journey. We are redefining and reevaluating our walk with God. We're dealing with all various aspects of you know our our you know our spiritual orientation in terms of you know our walk with God. We're dealing with the issues of prayer. We're dealing with the issues of you know of intercession we're dealing with the issues of relationship we're dealing with we're going to be dealing with the issues of money you know resource every aspect amen that has been abused and 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 misrepresented in the church it's my duty and it's the duty of those who call themselves apostles and prophets to redefine those things so that amen people will not continue to live in disappointment and continue to live in that state of regret we have to reclaim the blueprint of the church amen we've got to build in accordance to the divine pattern there is a pattern that has been shown to us there is a pattern that was given to us and we do not have an excuse because listen one thing that we have that is still speaking hope to us is that we've got the word of god and if you and i amen will really take the time and sit down and study and search like the Bereans. Like I said, a lot of people today they've been to church. I, I mean, I can I can I can assure that some some people have been to the church, but they never really get to open the Bible. Because the church, everything we do today has become so convenient. You know, we're running a friendly user church. We just want everything to be so convenient. You know, you just drive through, get what you need to get, and that's you know that's all. No, no, it doesn't work that way. This is the day where heaven is demanding that we 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 grow up, we come to amen some level of responsibility and maturity because God wants to commit things into our hands. God wants to commit certain realities. God wants to commit power. A lot of people are praying, God, give me power. God said, I want to give you power, but first of all, you've got to sit down. You've got to be tutored. You've got to be taught. You've got to be trained. You've got to be equipped. And not just be equipped by the doctrine of a church. We're not talking about the doctrine of one church. We're talking about the doctrine of the church. The body of Christ. We're talking about coming to understand what the church is. Because if we lose the essence, we lose the purpose, we lose the objective of the church. We've lost hope. We have lost, we have lost essence of existence. The church is the last habitat of hope for humanity. So if the church misses this moment, the nation is doomed. The nation is doomed. That's why the scripture says creation is crying. There's a cry. Can you hear the, can you hear the cry of creation? Can you hear creation cry? People are crying. I mean, this nation is crying. Thank God for people that are waking up. Thank God for people that are showing us that there is still God in this nation and there, and there is hope. Thank God for those people. And we've got to just follow suit. We've got to begin to awaken ourselves from the deep slumber that we have allowed ourselves to be plunged in and begin to realize that this is the day to rebuild. This is a day to rebuild. And the whole concept of rebuilding starts with our own personal life. Our values must change. Orientations must change. Belief system must change. Expectations must change. We cannot allow ourselves to be caught, amen, in the little petty issues that are distracting people from the real thing. These are days where, you know, we are engaging with nations, Transactions are taking place regarding a man who will who will who will own the nation, who will own the land, who will define a man how we live life. People are fighting little petty demons here and there, not knowing that those demons have been strategically set, you know, around our life to distract us. No, we're coming of age. Certain battles we're just gonna ignore them because they're not worth it. Oh, you didn't hear me? I said certain battles we are going to what? Ignore them because they don't want it. Don't waste your strength as a David fighting one little petty demon. What? There are Goliaths that are waiting for you to engage. You see? I mean, if you have been set to deal with certain power, certain forces, alright, that will take a whole nation captive, and you leave that and you begin to fight, you know, uh, your, your neighbor. You know, your neighbor never said hello to you. Oh, or that person say call you name. And you know, you know what I'm talking about. Then you then you are not mature. Then you have been you have been trapped. So this day calls for wisdom. 
This day calls for maturity. This day calls for, you know, a well-sighted spiritual individuals and a corporate community that wants to see the intentions of God become visible in the community of nations. We want to come to a day in our walk with God where our life, amen, becomes a clear reflection of the intentions of the Father for this season that we are no longer babes, amen. We are no longer tossed here and there. We are no longer children. Pastor, when I was a child, I thought as one, I spoke as one, I reasoned as one, but a deaf maturity came. I left behind childish things. Come on. The destiny of a society of a people depends on those whom God has found worthy to journey with him, to go on with him. And so I'm going to continue again this uh, afternoon. We've dealt with some very important principles. Please, I want to appeal to you. Listen to all the trainings, all the you know teachings I have done on this beautiful topic. The principles of apostolic community and the fellowship of the saints. Please listen to them. Listen to them, particularly the one that I did today, the part seven. Awesome. This is the part eight that I'm doing right now. I did the part seven two hours ago. Just finished that. This is the part eight. You know, you would think when, you, when you're done with this, you're tired. And the Lord said, no, you've got to continue. You've got to continue because there are people that will need this. There are people that are hungry for truth. There are people, and I know the fact that you're watching me this afternoon means that somehow you, you, you want to hear, you want to listen. All right. I want to believe that you have not come with a sense of pride. What does that babble has got to say again? What does that noisemaker God is? I want to believe that you're here watching me because something in your heart is saying, yes, there's a cry in your heart. If there's no cry in your heart, I tell you, it means that the burden of God has not fallen on you. We all need a fresh, a fresh, the burdens of God to fall on us because it's from the burden of God that we will be able to press further, that we'll be able to burn the midnight oil. It's from that burden that we'll be able to cry out and pray and ask the Lord to help us. Listen to this, friends. The destiny of your family, of your community, of your church, of your ministry, of you know, people around you, even your workplace sometimes may depend on you. You've got to take responsibility. You've got to take charge in a day where God is looking for somebody, amen, to deal with the issues that is hindering the people from advancing. We cannot, you know, shave our shoulder and, and, and shun and, and declare and say, no, we are not, we are not around. No, we've got to present ourselves. And for us to present ourselves, it means that we have done our homework. And so these are the things that heaven is giving to us. We're laying down structures. We're laying down, amen, foundation. We're laying down bricks that will help us build solidly in days where we need to engage, amen, the powers that be, the forces that be, the kind of spirit that has hindered men. So church, amen, is no longer, amen, a, a, a place where we just go and play, you know, and just exchange pleasantry. Thank God for all that. But we want a church that is designed with a strong governmental apostolic voice. We want a church, amen, that is mature with its own spiritual, amen, prophetic, you know, posture. We want a church that has an head that pierces through the heavens and a feet that can touch the ground. We want a church, hallelujah, whose eyes can see the city afar. We want a church that can reach forth and proclaim and take that which, amen, heaven has given to her. We don't want a weak church. When I talk about church, I'm sure by now you know I'm talking about you. And I'm talking about the community that you belong, which includes your family. Because church is the divine representation. Church is that which represents, amen, the intentions of Christ on earth. Church is not just a place we go. Church is that which represents the intentions of God. Don't you understand your marriage, amen, represent the intentions of God? That you're not just married just to have children and have a nice jolly time and drive around and just, wow, this is so good. You know, marriage life is good. Marriage life, amen, is a mission to advance the progress, amen, the progressive, you know, purposes of God in the earth. So is your work. God didn't give you a job just for you to have nice, you know, nicer car, have money and enjoy yourself. God gave you a car so that you can have money to advance, to push forth the kingdom of God. Everything that you are, the, the friends that surround you, they must be the ones, amen, pushing you, helping you to advance the purposes of God. Everything that God has given to us on earth is to advance his kingdom, is to advance his purpose, is to advance his intention. Don't you understand that even the Muslim understand this? Every Muslim understand that every penny, every dime, every rand they have is to advance their course. They understand that. 
That's why they've got their own, you know, financial system. They understand this, but the church is still sleeping. So this is a call to wake up. This is a call to wake up. This is a call to come into the reality of God's divine intention. And so let's continue. Uh, I stopped you know, at, a, uh, at the scripture that we've been looking at. There's so many things that we need to deal with. All right. There's so many things that we need to deal with. We're dealing with all right, the doctrine of the church, the doctrine of the church and uh, the fellowship. I define doctrine. I'm sure a lot, most of you might not watching this morning, but we gave a very powerful definition. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do that again, just to recap some of the things that we dealt with this morning, all right? Because it's important. I was I was explaining this morning that doctrine, all right, is that which gives us a framework of how to interact, how to live life, how to relate, how to communicate, how to fellowship. Amen. Doctrine defines, amen, the the, the, the values, the parameters of of you know of of our world. World. South Africa is a nation that is governed by constitution. Those constitutions are made by, you know, what you call, you know, l- the doctrines of the law. You will hear, you will always hear lawyers, uh, all right, use the term doctrine because those doctrine defines that to which, amen, they can reference in terms of, amen, their, their, their engagement in the law court. So, so, so doctrines are very, very vital. In defining the laws that governs our life, the laws that governs amen, our existence, the law that governs our philosophy, our lifestyle, our ideology. If we don't have a well established biblical doctrine, listen to this. It's so easy for us to be swept away by the wind that are blowing out there, the wind of falsehood, the wind of tradition, the wind of human humanistic system, the wind amen, of, 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 of Greek mythology and all kinds of things, political and economic. I mean, all kinds of things are happening out there that are flooring men, kicking men here and there. That's why t- today a lot of people don't even know who they are again. Why? Because they do not have a specific assigned death, you know, doctrine that defines their values, that defines their culture, their belief system. They don't have it. Life cannot be lived outside amen, a value system. When you live a life that is not designed by values, the enemy amen, will give you his own value and you will embrace it. And when you embrace it, guess what? <laughs> you, become, you, become, you become a tool in his hand. So you cannot wake up. You, you, can, you cannot wake up one day and decide, "Oh, this is what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I want to be here." Uh, you know, we live in a world today where people don't even know who they are. They, they don't even know this. You know, their sex. All right, today they decide, "I want to be a guy." Tomorrow, no, no, I want to be a girl. Next tomorrow, no, no, I, I want to be bisexual. What's going on? Because we live in a society where, all right, people do not understand what defines them. You see. I'm able to do what I'm doing today because, you know, I, I, I've come to understand certain principles and values that defines all right, my, my, my walk with God. And those things are called doctrine. So you cannot, doctrines are not just theory. No, true doctrines are the powers of lifestyle. When you have doctrine in your life, you have, you go check the definition of doctrine. When you have doctrines in your life and those doctrines defines, amen, uh, 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 what, 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 what defines who you are, how you live your life, amen, they, they define finds the values of your life guess what you stick by those doctrines south africa every nation amen is guarded by a law by a principle those laws and principles are, are run amen are, are, you know are, came to be because of certain doctrines that were you know that you know that were they were imported or that were accepted amen to be part of the constitution so you must you must know the doctrine. If you, I mean, if I mean, the nation South Africa expect you to to understand amen, certain doctrines that guide your life. The Americans they know what they call what is called the First Amendment. They understand the second. Everybody knows that by heart if you live in America because that deals with your right. It deals with your right. All right, in the word of God, you've got to understand, you've got to know certain doctrines that deals with your right and your identity. Come on. You've got to know it. If you don't know it, my good God, the enemy will be kicking you here and there. You will be building things today, tomorrow, the thing collapse because those things are not built on solid foundation. And therefore, I'm going to look at the scripture. I'm going to look at the scripture. You'll find it in Luke chapter 14. Maybe we should start from here. Luke chapter 14 verse uh, 28. 
Verse 28 to 30 says, suppose one wants to, one wants to build a tower. He says, supposing you want, somebody wants to build a tower. He said, won't you first sit down and establish the cost to see if you have enough money or resource to complete it? For if, for, for if he lays the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will what? Will ridicule. Will ridicule. Will ridicule, you say. This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. This is a scripture in Luke chapter 14, verse 28 to 30. You want to build a house. In other words, we want to establish. It's getting hot here. We want to establish what the church of God is. What constitutes the church? What defines the church? What is the church made up of? How does the church get to be established? Because you see, we live in a day where anybody can just wake up and decide to start a church. Or start anything. But there are, there are guidelines, there are parameters, there are things that heaven has ordained. You see, every time we build in accordance to divine pattern. Every time we build in accordance to divine pattern. What we get, amen, is the release of the voice of God that tells us or gives us the intentions of our gathering. In Acts chapter, in Acts chapter 13. The Bible says as the, as the church came together in fellowship and, and in worship, as they were engaged in this deep exuberant worship, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work I have assigned them, I've called them. Every time there is a coming together of the church in a pattern that is designed, amen, by heaven, what we get is a release of the voice of God, amen, sending people out to carry out a specific function within the commonwealth of nation. But the concept here is who wants to build a house, who wants to build, amen, a business, a family, a community, a church, all right? That would not first sit down to estimate the cost. Now, when we sit down, what cost are we estimating? Because if you want to build a house, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to sit down to actually begin to look at, you know, uh, uh, um, the visibility of your project. Do I, do I have what it takes? Do I have enough money? Do I have, you know, is the, is the land I want to build on, is it, is it good for, you know, the kind of structure I want to build? I mean, there are all kinds of things that must go into play before you begin to put, you know, stones to stone together or stone and, and, and mortars together. It said, who wants to build a house that will not first sit down? You see, the sitting position it's very important because that is a place where you begin to define the, the vision. You begin to define the values. You begin to define the objective. You begin to define, amen, the, 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 the kind of principles that will, that will drive, you know, that will motivate the people. You've got to be able to define the parameters, the structure of that which you've been called to build. Once to build a house, that will not first sit down to estimate the cost. What is the cost of building? Because it's in this cost that you're going to, you know, begin to realize that, well, when people come together, certain people may not love what you're, what you're doing. You've got to understand that you cannot build a church for everybody. I, 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 wish, I wish men of God today are listening to me. You cannot build a church for everybody. You cannot build a church that accommodates everyone. No, you've got to build a church, amen, that heaven, amen, a sanction and design based on the context of where you have been placed and positioned, amen, and the doors must be open for everybody to come. But when they come in, listen to this, when they come in, the vision, the values, and the, and the culture that heaven has ordained you to build must define if they're going to stay or they're going to leave. The church that we're called to build must give people the opportunity or the, the choice, amen, to choose. If everybody comes to your church and feel comfortable, you're compromising. If everyone comes into your life and feel comfortable you compromising it means you are a person that that that, that has no value 
You have no value because values define friendship. Value defines relationship. If you are moving with people, all right, who 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 are not in an agreement with your values, guess what? You're going to be fighting all the time. Do you have friends that you always fight with or always fighting you? Are there people around your life that are always like they, they you, you know you not it's like you, not the, the more you try to make the relationship work the more you keep hitting your head check the values that defines your relationship check the philosophy that is guiding that relationship something is wrong somewhere it's not about you and sometimes it's not about that it's about the values that defines that relationship and guess what to say well I'm just going to be myself I'm not going to I don't bother about you know values i don't bother about things like that if you don't bother about things like that then you're going to get yourself in trouble because uh the scripture told us in proverbs it says when your friend come and say come let us go to this other place let us go do what is wrong it said you must be able to say no you see in a day where we have no capacity to say no it means we have been captured i mean some of my friends well I, in fact i don't even know if i've got friends because my definition of friendship is not defined by who likes me or who doesn't like me. My definition amen, of friendship is defined on the values, on the principle of God's word. And a lot of people have decided to cut themselves away from me because of my stand in terms of the values of the principles of God. Well, I'm a very friendly person. People who know me, they know I'm a, I'm a very friendly person. But guess what? I'm a very, very principled person. I'm a principled person. And guess what? People don't like when you're principled. They don't like it. They like you to be flexible, to be, you know, be, be anything, just be anything they want you to be. No, I can't be, a, all my life I've tried to, I've tried to be, you know, what people want me to be. That's how I grew up, you know. For those who listen to me, if you, if you were listening to me yesterday, I was talking about that. It was yesterday morning. I mean, I grew up living my life for people. Because I never grew up in a family setting where, you know, a father tells you this is how to do things. No, I, so I grew up with a very low self-esteem. I grew up with a very, you know, a, a insecure, you know, view to life until I met the Lord. And that changed, a complete 360 degree change. That no, no, you can't push me around. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. I'm, sometimes people think that's pride. You know, I, I'm in need. I, I, I lack something. But I'm never going to say because I'm in need and I'm in lack. Therefore, I'm going to comprom compromise my values just to accommodate, you know, uh, uh, you in, in, into my life because you're going to bless me. No, no I'm going to tell you, you better hold your whatever you want to give to me because I, I value, I value my values than, you know, the needs. And if, if you live in a life that you don't have a sense of value, you don't have a sense of, you know, you know, where you're going, who you are, you have no sense of vision in what it could be your life. It could be in whatever you're doing. If you, if you don't have that, then you are the most vulnerable person. Then you can easily be deceived. Then you can easily. Why do you think people get to be lied to? Why do you think people get deceived? Why do you, why do you think people are, are captured by, you know, uh, by, by, by cultism? Why do you think people fall into the hands of these schemers? You know, people who are into all kinds of money, money scheming and, you know, they, they, they want to, they say, oh, we want to double your money. Why do you think? Because people don't have values. People don't have discipline. That's why, you know, I, I was, uh, not too, okay, sometimes back, I was at, I was at ATM in Pal. So while I was trying to, I mean, I'd finished cashing the money that I want to cash. So I'm just trying to close. I, I, I've obviously shut down and, you know, I was just about leaving. Here's this guy coming behind me and tapping me. Hey, Mr. 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 Oh, you, you don't, you, you didn't finish, you, you know, shutting down the ATM. You know, put, put in your card, put in your card so that you can shut it down properly. Now, what happened was when, when I finished, I moved away and he, he just quickly went there and he must have done something. I'm sure he put the card there. You know, he doesn't know that I already know these things. So he called me back. He said, "Mister, come, come, come! Uh, look, look, look! Your your things are still showing on the on the on, you know, you know, on the screen. You didn't shut down properly." And I'm saying, "Shut down properly." First of all, you know, they've told us that when you when you when you want to cash money, you put your card in the ATM. The first thing that must happen is that your your you know your card is returned back to you. Your card is returned back to you. You put you put your card away, all right, before the money comes out. So that has stuck in my brain. 
All right. So here's this guy saying, no, 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 no. You need to put in your card again to shut down properly. And I looked at him and I just smiled and I said, I wish you understand who you, <laughs> I wish you know who you're talking to <laughs> because he wanted to play a fast one on me. Now, guess what? If, 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 if I'm not a composed person, if I'm not, if I'm not alive and alert and aware as much as it's the grace of God, but if, if I don't have all this concept of, you know, you discipline yourself, you build yourself, and you, 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 you know how to interact and relate. And this guy was very persistent. Come, come, come. You know, look, uh, guess what? Another person came and said, Mister, you, you didn't shut down properly. Come, come. Sh-. I mean, I understand this thing that these are tricks. The moment you put in your car, say you want to shut down, guess what? They've already captured all your information. And before you know it, whatever little you have there in your account is gone. Is gone. So when so when they were calling me, I just looked at the Ghana's man and I said, please, try something else. And I walked away. But the concept I'm bringing out is, you see, if, if, if I'm not aware, if I'm not informed, if I'm not a person that, you know, is very, you know, a, a meticulous in about, about checking and knowing things. And I'm not saying that I can't forepray, but I'm just saying in things like that, ah, you cannot deceive me. You cannot deceive me. Because I'm very aware. Even when I'm trying to cash money, I'm aware of my environment. My eyes is like this. I'm running 360 degrees. I'm checking. Because I know people are desperate. So you see, in little things like that, it speaks volume about the kind of person you are, about your personality. A lot of people, you know, that are, you know, that are, you know, uh, uh, into all kinds of funny things. You see, it's easy for them to be, you know, once your heart begins to like, you want quick money, you, you, you want to take advantage of other people. It's so easy for you also to be taken advantage of. You see, when you think you're smart, you get people who are smart you, <laughs> particularly in, in the negative way. So the point that I'm making is we have to wake up. We've got to come to a realization and begin to understand the nitty gritty of how life are designed to be lived. That you're you're not a victim. I mean, how do you go to a church where somebody tells you, uh, you know, the God is moving here. Bring your iPad. You take your iPad. Show your iPad. You show the iPad. Uh, bring your phone. You, you take the phone. You show the, so, the phone. You bring your wristwatch. Uh, and you say, God is moving. God is moving. What kind of a God is that that is moving, that is taking everything that ought to def- you know, define your life in terms of value, that defines your productivity? When you give all this thing, how do you begin to make money amen, or begin to you know, resource that which you're doing? Because you need, you need your iPad. You need your laptop. You need all this thing to do what you need to do. And I'm not saying, listen to this. I'm not saying if the Lord stares your heart to do that. If the Lord stares your heart, that's a different thing. I mean, I was in a church when the Lord stared my heart. He said, remove your wristwatch and give it to the man of God. And I was still saying, oh, this was years back. That was a gold wristwatch. In the days I used to wear it, wristwatch. You notice I don't wear wristwatch. Back then I used to love this gold wristwatch. And the Lord said, remove your watch and give it to this man of God. And the man of God, obviously I couldn't see if he's wearing a watch or not because he's wearing this Nigerian big Agbada, they call it, you know, this overflowing gown. So I, I, I couldn't see his hand. So while I'm still arguing with God, yes, the man of God raised his hand. Hallelujah, praise God. And I'm looking, there's nothing. Immediately I knew that was God. I just removed my watch and that watch was some very good expensive watch and I, I gave to the man. It has happened like that. I was in, in a, 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 a um, Uteneg some times back, all right? You know, I was using my laptop. I was ministering the word of God. The Lord said to me, you see that man of God sitting there. He doesn't have, you know, uh, uh, in fact, not that we went to visit this man of God. We went to visit this man of God and he was, you know, writing. He was writing a book, but he was writing, you know, on a note, on a note, notepad. And the moment I saw that, you know, my spirit was, was grieved. And what was the grave? Why should he be writing a note? Why he can, you know, his job can be fast-tracked by having a laptop. So while I was thinking about that and uh, I'm still struggling with God. God, you know how much this laptop means to me. You, you, this is my life. I mean, my laptop is my office. And the Lord said to me when I went back to my room, you know, at the B&B I was staying. And the Lord said to me, that laptop is no longer yours. You must give it to the man of God. I said, okay, Lord, I'll do that. And God said, no, I know you're going to do that, but do it tonight. <laughs> I said, God, what am I going to do? Uh, my things. He said, transfer it to, 
you know, your hard drive, you've got this hard drive, I've got this hard drive here. I always carry, this is two terabytes. Is it transfer everything into your, into your hard drive and the ones you cannot transfer, put it on, on, on the cloud there and be a blessing to the man of God. I did it. Guess what? Those were really painful sacrifice. But guess what? If the Lord ministered to you to do that, you go ahead and do it. Because that thing, amen, is yours until the day God says give it out. The day God says give it out is no longer yours. You see, that's a different thing. That's a different thing. That You see, God is dealing with you. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about a situation where somebody just wake up at the spur of the moment. Say, hey, the spirit of the Lord is moving. Hey, hey. You go bring five thousand, bring two thousand, bring three thousand, you bring ten thousand, come give, 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 to give, and, and you're under pressure. Whatever you give under pressure is not of God. Whatever you give to a man, could be a man of God, could be a woman of God, could be under pressure. The givings of the things of God comes with peace. And that peace, you, you, you know, you, you know you've got peace, even though you are rejecting it. God, I'm not gonna do it. That's you fighting God. It's not somebody putting pressure on you. Whatever you give under the pressure of a man is not from God. That's why, you see, when I go to church, I know what I'm going to give to the Lord. I give to the Lord. If you like, you can psych, do whatever you want to do. If I know I have given what I need to give, you cannot take a pin out of my pocket. I have cultured myself to that level. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's coming out. You see, we're talking about the doctrine of the church. This is... I didn't plan to say what I'm saying, but the Lord, I'm sure the Lord wants somebody to hear this. I'm sure the Lord, because this is not the thought, this is not the part of, you know, my thought today, but I'm sure God wants somebody watching me or listening, amen, to be, you know, to, to, you know, to, to, to learn and maybe to be corrected. Guess what? Don't let nobody pressure you in the name of God to take things, amen, that will put you under, you know, pressure that will put you in a situation where you begin to regret. How many times have you given in the name of God that you regretted it? You see, that you never give to God. You give to a man because somebody used, you know, intimidation. Somebody pressurized you. You don't. You see, that's why we're talking about building, amen, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the community of the saints. We've got to have a strong, you see, how many times have I, have I, you know, have I been to a place and I'm preaching and uh, people want to start all those things that they do in their churches. And I have to shut them down. Alright. I'm giving a prophetic word to somebody. And everybody starts screaming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you know me very well. The first thing I'm going to say is. Shh. Hush. Because if you're screaming and you're shouting. How can the person benefit? The scripture said. How will the person be able to say amen? If you're shouting. You're screaming. The Bible says you're not better than a barbarian. Barbarians are noisemakers. Our churches have become noisemakers. We're barbarians. Because we, we so easily get excited. Our excitement is not because of the truth. Our excitement is because somebody stares up, stares us up, you know, sp- you know, spars up emotion. It's all emotion. And when you are very emotional about the things of God, in most cases you lose your mind. People take advantage of you. Am I saying we shouldn't be very emotional? My good God, when our emotions are redeemed, they, they fast track our worship. They fast track, amen, our movement in the things of God. Because indeed, you cannot worship God without a strong emotion. You've got to understand all this thing. So these are days, amen, of divine restoration. And God is restoring himself as he's restoring the various structure that defines how, amen, we build church. You cannot borrow pattern, amen, from the old. You can you cannot look at what is defined as church today around as a reference to what you what you're building or what God God will have you build. If you do that, amen, you're gonna be reproducing rebellion. These are all sons of rebellion. These are all sons of strangers manifesting wrong spirit around, birthing all kinds of spirits in communities, polluting the waters of the things of the spirit. We want to stop this. By raising the bar, raising the standard, and calling the people, amen, to come, amen, and be partaker of the divine order of God. If you don't like order, if you don't like structure, if you don't like instruction, you're not going to like the things that heaven, amen, is saying in this season. I keep saying it, the emphasis of God in this season is correction, amen, is rebuke, is realignment, amen, is instructive by nature. 
this act or concept of that which, amen, if you're hearing something that is not correcting you, amen, that is not realigning you, that is not bringing structure to your life, that is not bringing, you know, you know, a direction to your life, that is not rebuking you, I can assure you that it's not from God. Because God is clearing the mess. God is bringing us to a day where we can be repostured, where we can be realigned. And that is going to take some pain. That is going to take some rebuke. Sometimes we're going to take the lashes from God and we're going to say, yes, Lord, I accept it because we have gone the other way. We've missed the path. And therefore, we want to return. If, the, if, if, this, if, the, if, if, if you are ready, hearing the things the Spirit of the Lord is saying today, and you are, you, know, you are developing some pride, and you are developing some arrogant spirit, that is for the world system. It is the world system that says to the people, if, you're, if you get corrected, amen, challenge the correction, rebuke the person, and walk away. That is the spirit of the stranger. We don't want such a spirit in the day where God is saying, I'm coming. And in my coming, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. You realign yourself. You realign your life. Amen. You accept the, the, the divine instructions of God. So that when he comes, he finds you standing worthy. You're worthy. In the great house, there are vessels. Some unto honor, some unto dishonor. If a man will purge himself from these things, it shall be a vessel meet Arab Shayada. A vessel meet the word meet is prepared for the master's use. Don't you think you want to be such a vessel? I want to be a vessel that is meat, that is ready. If you're going to be a vessel ready, guess what? God is going to send people. God is going to send an Isaiah across your way, amen, to make you ready, to prepare you so that you can present yourself to him, amen, without spot, without wrinkle, and without blemish. This is the demand. This is the standard of God. So who wants to build a house that will not first sit down and count the cost, estimate the cost, if he or she has what it takes to finish it? We want to finish whatever God has called us to be, and it could be, excuse me, to build, and it could be, first of all, starting a church. It could be building a church. What are the things that we need to count? Like I said, not everybody will accept what God has called you to do. Because every church is designed with a specific objective, with a specific prophetic program. All right? You cannot look at, you know, uh, Church A. Wow, Church A. Look at how they're doing. Look at the kind of song they're singing. Oh, look at the kind of, uh, 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 the way they lead, you know, you know, their people. No, no. There are no two churches the same. Just like every human being has got a unique, you know, different in a DNA. Your DNA is the identity, amen, of who you are and what you represent before God. The same with church. There are no two churches the same. Every part, amen, of our life, of our calling, represent the intentions and the objectives of God. And we've got to know that so that you don't keep duplicating. You don't keep replicating what you see in church A. I keep saying it. Guess what? I said this before. I'm going to say it again. I mean, you go to every church and everybody's singing the same song. It means somebody somewhere, particularly the leadership, has no sense, has no vision, has no direction. If everybody's singing the same song, it means somehow somebody is copying somebody. Somebody is copying somebody. Because listen, your, the song you sing in your church, hallelujah, are the songs of your journey, are the songs of the dealings of God, are the songs of the comings of God the songs, amen, of, 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 of the process of God in your life. They are the songs of that which you see. They are the songs of that which you are hearing as the echoes of God upon your house. Your song represent the culture of heaven within the house and through the house. So we all can be singing the same thing. It doesn't take me more than 10 minutes when I come to a house to know the spirit that governs the house. And I'm not just talking about church alone. I'm talking even about families. When you enter certain families, you, you can just pick the spirit. No matter how people try to pretend. Because every house has got a spirit. <laughs> every house has got a spirit. Because the spirit of your, of your house is the extension, amen, of your own spirit. So the atmosphere that defines what, you, what you're building or what you represent is the atmosphere that governs your life. So, so I can feel the atmosphere, amen, and feel the texture of the atmosphere and connect that immediately to the spirit, amen, of the leadership of the house. Come on. This shouldn't be difficult for us to comprehend. 
So these are days where we've got to come into a day of instruction. Heaven is speaking to us. Heaven is bringing us to a day where we've got to sit down. Before you run, they say sit down. Come the cost. The cost of what? People are going to come, but they're going to leave. Why are they going to leave? Because of the values that you have established. I've said this before. If you're, if you're, if you're working in a company, the first thing you've got to know about that company is the value system. Is their philosophy. Most companies will have the vision. You know, the vision, what they represent, they have it there, clear. So you read it, you understand where they're going. How can you be part of a place, you know, a thing that you, you have no sense of the vision? And guess what? When it comes to the things of God, the vision must be speaking to us. Amen. The authority of God, the position of Christ within the house. Amen. The, 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 the reflections, amen, of the various concepts of, 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 of the spirit and, and, and the character of the values of the system of God within the house. Leading us towards a corporate place called there. We've got to understand that. If we don't understand that, listen to me, for all I care, we can be clapping hands together, we can be singing together, and we can be eating and drinking together, and be visiting one another too, but we're going nowhere. Because we do not have a shared vision. We do not have a clear direction of what the Spirit of the Lord has, 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 you know, has given to us that binds us together. I said this morning, that everything that God does, amen, are done in clear objective. Including our marriage. If you have not discovered the purpose of God for your marriage, it's only a matter of time before you begin to see cracks there. It's only a matter of time. You see, the things of God are coherent. Everything that God, you can trace God and you can trace his pattern, all right, in regards to systems and structures that governs life. Vision and objective. God put a man in the garden. What did God do? He gave him a vision and he gave him the reason why he placed him there. Once you don't understand that, guess what? An enemy can come in and say, did God say? God already said. God gave clear instruction about what to do and what they must not do. The enemy came <laughs> and said to Eve, did God actually say you must not eat? And you know the rest. The Bible says, Amen. she compromised, took the fruit, ate it, and gave it to the husband that was there. And the husband just also go, okay, eat. No, come on. It means that amen, there was a bridge of vision. There was a bridge, amen, of objective. And there was a bridge of leadership authority in the house. Adam goofed and fell because, amen, he refused to stand by that which heaven has given to him. If you're building for God, not everyone will love and like what you're doing. But guess what? Let your vision begin. Let your vision begin to stand for you and let the vision define who comes and who lives if your vision cannot define your friends you have no vision and in fact you're going nowhere it took me close to nine years there about plus to explain myself to my wife that this is who I am it, nine years there was war in my house. I'm saying this because I want you to understand that it doesn't work because, oh, we're just loving each other. It doesn't work that way. Listen to this. People get tired of loving each other when there are, when there are nothing binding them together, when there is no common goal, common vision. A time comes. You begin to look and begin to wonder. Yes, because you're two different people. You're two different entities. What binds you together is the common vision that defines your destiny. And the husband in the home is the one that defines the vision. And these are things that you've got to understand even before you get married so that when you come together. Now, I'm saying this because guess what? One of the things that we're going to be dealing with on this platform as the Lord leads us, we're going to be dealing with relationship, marriage, amen, and all these things that is tearing. Because we've got a nation that is, I mean, that is bankrupt when it comes to relationship. Homes are breaking here and there. I mean, 80% of Christians in this nation, amen, are living in broken homes. Four, four, four out of every five marriage is doomed to break up in South Africa. South Africa has one of the highest rates of divorce in the world. Something is wrong with our philosophy, with our theology. We've got to deal with it. 
You see, God always leave the poopoo for me to clean. God always leave the dirty one for me to clean. I don't mind. I'll clean it up. <laughs> you see, so you see, when you're dealing with things like this, people are not gonna, you are not gonna like. You're not gonna have a lot of friends, but it's fine because I enjoyed it. If God empowers me to do it, so what I'm saying is, it took me close to eight, nine years explaining myself. You know, before my wife finally realized and said, "Okay, I understand this thing. It's not gonna be easy." To build anything for God in accordance to divine order and standard, it's not going to be easy. Don't fake it. Because that's what a lot of men of God are doing. We're faking it. We're faking it with nice music. Um, listen to me. If you think a music can hold a church together, you have got something that's coming. If you ever think nice you know, song and nice choir, they pump money, they pump all kinds of things to the choir. And to the, it's not what holds the house together. It is the doctrine of truth. It is Christ. If Christ is not the center and if we're not building the people towards the point where everybody is making their own journey individually to that place called Christ, guess what? Our gift one day is going to collapse because gift is not what keeps a home together. We need gift to enhance what we're doing, but gift is not the primary thing that holds a home together, that holds a family together, neither does give to hold a church together who wants to build that will not first sit down to estimate the cost if you cannot estimate if you not if you cannot estimate the cost if you cannot find the cost the cost the cost the cost is the pain the cost amen is establishing the vision who wants to build a house that will not first sit down to count the cost I told you sometime back the Lord asked me while I was a pastor. He said, do you, want the do you want the flame or do you want the fame? Choose one. I said, can I have the two? He says, no. Choose one. Do you want the fame or you want the flame? God. This is a hard one. Can I have the two? No, you can't have the two. I want the flame. Give me the flame. So if 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 you're going if you if you're journey with God at every interval God God will be evaluating the values of your life God will be evaluating the value because you see the values of your life speak into every other area that defines who you are and what you represent your children amen those around you the, your job your business your career the values that governs your life will be speaking into those various aspects of your life So it's important. The Bible says for the joy that was set before Christ. You see, Jesus already understood. He had counted the cost. He had estimated the cost. The joy that was set before him allowed him to what? To endure the cross. The, the, cross. the Bible says he lent obedience by the things he suffered. He said, I'm talking about church here, but I'm telling us the things that they don't tell us. We've got to look inside the very core of what defines the footings of what we want to build. We want to what? Look inside the core of what defines the footing of what we want to build or what we're building. Because the shaking is going to come. Crises are going to come. Why is it that when marriages go through crisis, they end up separating? Why? You mean people cannot just deal with things yes they cannot deal with it because their their concept their belief their their values about relationship about marriage all right are all worldly they're worldly it's it's all about form fair and I, if i can take this again so you, it's not bad about you taking it you've got to understand that there is a reason why god brings people together and if that is not clear, if that is not well cemented, I tell you, there's going to be a crack. No matter how you think you love yourself. This love is going to be sacrificial. This love is going to be very, you know, deliberate. You know, talk about deliberate love. Because a day is going to come. The wrinkles are, go are going to start appearing. The man is, is going to start aging and you're going to start seeing, you know, gray hair and all kinds of things. And, you know, sometimes, you know, as you grow, you grow and sudden sickness begin to show up and, and it, it's no longer charming. 
You know, we want, that, we want somebody who is charming. He's no longer charming. What's, what's going wrong? Nothing is going wrong. You're just growing and you're aging. But guess what? When you grow in the, in the truth and you grow in the spirit of love, in the spirit of love, there's something called the spirit of love, not just the, the act of love. You know, the, the scripture say you can even give yourself to be burnt. You can give yourself to be burnt in the name of love. But the Bible says if you don't have love, I don't know if you've ever questioned that scripture. If you give yourself to be burnt, yet if you don't have love. So, what about the act that I just, I mean, I give myself to be burnt and you're saying, Lord, if I don't have love, what are you talking about? You see, those were the things that inform all right, my scrutiny of the things of the spirit, particularly in terms of relationship and marriage. God, you mean I can give myself to this woman to be burnt and yet still not love her? Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Love is not the nice things and the fine things we say to ourselves. As much as those are good. But it's beyond that. Because we, it's a, human beings, we have perfected the act of acting. We can act. We can act love. I mean, if you don't believe me, I mean, I'm sure you watch Hollywood. I mean, you don't even need to go all the way to Hollywood. You watch your seven dealer, whatever you call it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people, I've seen people when I was in journalism, but they're watching seven dealer and they, they, they're basically crying. They're weeping. You're weeping. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we glorify your name. We honor you, Lord. We give you praise. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We, lo we love you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you adoration. We glorify, Father. Be lifted up. Be lifted up. Be lifted up. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You are worthy, O oh God, of praise. You are worthy of honor. You are worthy of adoration. None like you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just pray. Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How oh, hallelujah. Worthy are you, Lamb of God. Spirit of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we love your name. We give you glory. We give you praise. Adoration to you. Adoration to you, Jesus. Adoration to you. Adoration to you, Jesus. None like you. None like you. None like you, Father God. Oh, you are worthy of glory. You are worthy of honor. You are worthy, oh Father. We lift your name on high, Jesus. Rabashande Rebeyada. Nemo Sanda Rabaye Katarabaye Lebrando Bosondo Roboshata Tabaye Inda Rabasako Dabla Nemo Sande Rebeyada O Rabacate Yande Ribobo Shanderi 
Worthy, worthy are you, Lord of God. Worthy are you, Lord of God. Worthy are you, Almighty Father. We lift your name on high. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I tell you, the Lord is just so awesome. Just release a release of, 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 his, of his counsel. This is a day where the Lord is releasing, releasing his counsel and releasing his direction, releasing instruction to us. We have to open our heart and allow his spirit to continue to guide us and continue to speak to us and continue to give us all that is required. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We honor you, O God. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you adoration for that which your spirit is emphasizing and declaring in this new day. Honor to you, Father. Praise to you, God. We lift your name on high. We lift your name on high. We lift your name on high. None like you, Jesus. None like you, mighty God. None like you. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. We honor your name. We give you glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord of God Almighty. Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty. You worthy of glory. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Oh, what a release. What a release of divine instruction. What a release of divine impartation. I want to believe some of the things that I've said. Well, there was just a cut, a cut of flow there, but I believe God, amen, want us to just take time to pray and, you know, get this thing deep within our spirit man so that that which he has ordained for our life and for this season can really begin to make inroad. And I thank God for the grace and the capacity to press further and allow these words of instruction and direction and correction to begin to realign our life back to that place where, amen, we can begin to honor him and, and live for him in a way that, amen, he, he has designed so that we can become that living temple, we can become that house, we can become that place where, amen, his glory can walk in and walk through. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to stop here and we'll continue as the Spirit of the Lord leads us. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Bye-bye.